Sonic 1029 presents Top Ranking Podcast with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Cue the intro music. Temporary podcast song. This is temporary. It's not for long. Temporary podcast song. This is temporary. It's not for long. It's Top Ranking Podcast. God, I feel like it's been a long time. There's dust growing on these keyboards over here. It's been three weeks. It has been. We went on vacation. I was away for a week, then you were gone for two weeks. Yeah, power vacation. <laughs> two weeks. I could have I used two weeks. Oh, I'm Gardner Andrews, by the way. That's Bryce Kelly over there on today's episode of Top Ranking Podcast, Side Hustles. That one time you burned down the house. Mm. First up, hitchhikers from hell. You're listening to Top Ranking Podcast, available however you found it. You're listening to it right now, so just do that again. No, seriously, we're going to talk about the one time you burned down the house. You know, like all kids do when they're young and just being scamps. Didn't we all burn down a house at one point or at least an abandoned building? I kind of feel like we did. Um, Hitchhikers, when I was away on vacation, I saw more hitchhikers than I have in probably the last 10 years. What's going Is it the economy? I don't know. Is it just back in vogue to stick out your thumb and hope for the best? I have never in my life thought of even considering picking up a hitchhiker. No, neither have I. I've hitchhiked like when I was a 14-year-old. The 14-year-old Garney Andrews and his friend Bruce Sawatsky used to hitchhike to the lake. Wow. 14-year-olds hitchhiking. By their lonesome. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle that you are alive today. It kind of is, actually. And the red flag of a person that sees a couple 14-year-olds on the side of the road, and they're like, well, I'll pick them up. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. They'll fit in the back. Um, the hitchhiking, too. The problem, though, like for me, I would pick up a hitchhiker if they held up a sign that clearly indicated where they were going. Not just a thumb in the air, because then when you pull over and they go... Yeah, I'm going all the way to Vancouver, and you're going to Vancouver. That's a commitment now. All of a sudden, you have a buddy for the long haul. But if I'm driving to Vancouver, and they just have a sign that says, I don't know, Calgary, I might pick them up because that's a two-and-a-half-hour commitment as opposed to a 20-hour commitment or whatever it is. Oh, you see, I would have no problem lying through my teeth where I'd be like, if I were to do it. They said Vancouver. I'd be like, ah, crap! I'm just going to Home Depot. Yeah, I could take you ten clicks down the road. Yeah, <laughs> and then boot them out and just feel good the rest of the day for the good hey. deed I did. Oh, hang on a second. A hitchhiker in a motorhome. I have a kind of funny hitchhiking story. Okay. Okay. So my uh, it's about my grandpa. Um, he used to be like a hippie back in the day. He used to do like a lot of acid and smoke a lot of weed and mushrooms and stuff. And they were traveling across uh, Montreal. Uh, in, like, um, a motorhome, him and a bunch of his friends. And they picked up a hitchhiker. And I guess was, they were all, like, doing acid on, like, the uh, the motorhome. And the hitchhiker opens the trailer door to, like, pee while they were on the highway. But he was, like, so high. <laughs> he actually just, like, flew. <laughs> he, he didn't know the bus was moving. So he opened the door to pee, and he just, like, flew out. <laughs> my grandpa was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then he looked out, and they were going, like, 110, and he was hanging on to the side of the, the motorhome. <laughs> mm, 
Okay, so he didn't fall completely out of the car? No, he was just like out, hanging off. Out of the motorhome. Are you okay. sure your grandpa wasn't just really, really high and he imagined all this? I'm not sure. Like, it is possible, but I know they did a lot of acid back then. Certain things I don't want to know about my grandpa. I don't want to know that he did a pile of acid. <laughs> yeah, it makes you look at grandpa differently, knowing that he was up to his earlobes in LSD. Yeah, aren't you the guy that just winds watches and grandfather clocks? <laughs> you know, I don't, I think about my grandpa, he used to, uh, he retired and he used to wander around the house. Anytime you threw something into his garbage, he'd pull it out of his garbage and walk it out to the curb. Couldn't handle, like he was so bored, <laughs> he just couldn't handle having a Kleenex in his garbage can. He'd have to take that right out to the street. Ah, sounds like your grandpa should have dove into the acid. <laughs> That's a good way to fill the time. Maybe. <laughs> Can you imagine, too, being in the motorhome and just seeing someone, they're there one second, the next second you hit a pothole and all of a sudden they're gone? Do you laugh? Do you scream? What do you do? I would probably take a good five, ten seconds be like, huh, did what happen, did I think what happened just happened? I think it did. You'd do that move that they do in cartoons where you look at the bottle you look back at the door, and then you look at the bottle again. Except for you'd be looking at the acid. Yeah. You'd, re you'd be reading the label on the acid, because I'm sure it's labeled. Sticking your head out one of those weird sliding windows in a motorhome. <laughs> yeah. It's like, huh? And then you see the mangled body on the side of the road. Oh, gross. Didn't it think is about that part. It is my dream, though. Uh, I have never in my life been able to ride in the back of a motorhome oh. while it's rumbling down a highway. That is... No, neither have I, actually. I have a travel trailer, but it... Like, I don't want to be in there when it's hooked up to the back of my truck. That'd be terrifying. But there's something about being in a motorhome. I saw that, too, while I was away on vacation, past two motorhomes coming through the Canadian Rocky Mountains. And I looked over as I went by, kids sitting at the table in the motorhome, eating snacks and playing games, living the dream. Like, I remember as a kid sitting in the back of a minivan with, like, a discman maybe maybe a walkman yeah maybe you have a comic book but it's not fun when you're in the back of a van when you're in a motorhome where you could get up maybe open the fridge get a pop yeah i think i'll make a down. sandwich i think i'll have some salt and vinegar chips like oh i'm a little tired i'm gonna go take a nap on the bed yeah and have the rumble of the highway rock me to sleep god i never got that and it's also i think very close to just living the rock star mm. tour bus lifestyle. Would it be inappropriate to suggest that we start a charity like an adult make-a-wish thing for for people like you who have never ridden in the back of a motorhome and we just rent a motorhome and you pay a hundred bucks, we take you on like a forty-five minute trip down the highway and back? Yeah, maybe that's all I would need is a quick forty-five minutes just to experience it, just to sit back there. I even if I would do something I'd be doing at home. Yeah, like a crossword puzzle at that weird table. Like I'm cleaning my shoes. In the motorhome? Yeah. But, but I'm doing it rumbling down a road, so I feel like I'm being productive. When was the last time you made a sandwich at 110 kilometers an hour, Bryce? Uh, never. See? Never had the opportunity, and it's a dream. Let's make this dream a reality. Wow. You're listening to Top Ranking Podcast. It's on the internet, where if you can dream it, there's definitely a porno about it. Garner, I was just thumbing through one of the day's periodicals, mm -hmm. and I read this news story of a couple kids who... Uh, just set an abandoned, well, not an abandoned house. It was oh, a was house that? under construction. Yeah. These two kids, they're not saying how old they are. I'm assuming they're very young. They set this house under construction on fire when they were playing with a lighter. 
it was almost done too. Like it was, it was at lockup stage. They call it Bryce. There were doors on that place. Yeah, it did damage to the neighboring house. Like it caused six hundred and fifty thousand dollars in damage. Ooh, all because these kids were playing with lighters on the inside. And you see that story, and you kind of go. All I could think of was when the firefighters went and banged on the door, yeah. and mom answered it. I just think if I was a kid and I lit a house on fire, Ooh. I would have caught a SWAT. Oh. I would have caught the Shoelace Express out of town. I would have left. That's how you get introduced to Mr. Wooden Spoon is by lighting a house on fire. Well, what is the punishment today? I don't think kids get grounded anymore, do they? I don't know what you do. Do Well, I mean, when you burn down a house, there must be some sort of punishment. You would think uh, maybe sending them to bed without dinner won't cut it this time. No, that's how you get your kids taken away now. (laughs) You didn't feed your child? Well, they burned down a $650,000. That doesn't matter. You're a monster. Yeah, the necessities of life. What do you, you, well, I guess you could take away their device overnight. So they'd have to go to bed without their phone. I think someone didn't, someone say that oh, one the of the good punishment is to not take away their phone, but take away the charger. Yeah, so they just have to watch it slowly drain. Man, that's a slow death. They have to budget those percentages. Once that thing hits zero, then they're, then they're hooped. Yeah. So we heard from several people that, well, we heard from somebody who said that he lit 200 of those uh, round hay bales on fire. And he oh. lived in a small town, and you could see the fire from the big city. Wow. And his dad had to pay for the hay bale. <laughs> and then there was this, uh, This. do you want to say your name or not? Oh, my name's Jacob. Jacob, okay, you might be the clubhouse leader on that one time when I was a kid and I burned down a building. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not really. Um, but what, so you were 12 years old. Do you want, where was this? Was that here in this town where I'm speaking to you from? No, sir. It was back in Ontario, a little, uh, little town, a little west of, uh, Toronto, a place called Guelph. Oh, I've heard of Guelph. Never been there, but I'm sure it's a fine town. So you and a friend, you, you started a fire in an abandoned building and burned it down. Yeah. There used to, there was an abandoned building that we used to hang out in as kids. We used to go in there, and it was like, you know, like a supersized fort that you didn't have to build. And uh, we were in there lots of times, and we used to just, uh, it was dark because it's an abandoned building. And so we would just usually make like a little fire somewhere or whatever, just to, so you could see. And we would explore through all the different rooms and stuff. But the problem was that the building was, I don't know, 120 years old and made out of wood. And as kids, you don't really think about stuff like that. And the one time we were in there, and... She caught, and she went, and it was, it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> but then, because I was wondering, who pays for that? And you said your parents got sued for $1.5 million? Yep. So what had happened is that it is the building itself was right beside a set of tracks. And um, because we were so young, we weren't actually uh, charged. Like, it was found that it was accidental. Like, we, it wasn't arson or nothing. But they were still able to uh, sue us on the, like, non-criminally. I don't know what it's called, civil or whatever it is. So they were able to sue my parents. And because I was underage, uh, it was covered by insurance. And, yeah, it was $1.5 million in damages because a couple cars got hurt and some train cars got uh, damaged and then the overall building itself Wow. So, and then you you said you got grounded for an entire year. What year was that? 
It would have been 1993. Okay, so it was pre-internet, pre-cell phone, so it's not like they could just take your phone or your tablet away from you, right? No. You actually it, got ground. What did you do for that year? Just stare longingly out the window? Yes, it was terrible. I was only allowed to go in my backyard. That was it. I, my mom actually even gave me a t- like. I was only allowed allotted a certain amount of time where I was allowed to go from school and get back home. <laughs> You're like one of those. Uh, what are you? The uh, dangerous offenders in prison, like. <laughs> One of those people that serves his time alone and you get one hour in the yard every day, but you're out there by yourself. Exactly. The only time I got to see other people is when I was at school. Yeah. And it literally was a full year. Like, they never let up. I was grounded for a full year. Wow. What did you miss that year? Probably some big-time movies, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List. I don't. I can't even remember. All I know is that I was. I thought that they were kidding, you know? Yeah. Like, Maybe a month, maybe, a, you know, push it a little bit, but no, it went the whole summer and then into the winter and then half the next summer the next year. What did you do on your first day of freedom? Oh, God, I wish I could remember. That was a long time ago. Yeah, okay. Well, Jacob, thank you for this. Again, clubhouse leader here, everybody. Thank you, sir. Now, that is, I don't know whether impressive is the right word to use in this uh, context. <laughs> he seemed a little remorseful. <laughs> he did seem a bit $1.5 million they got sued for? Yeah. Ooh, like that, uh, as a grown man, now, looking back on it, maybe you can find a bit of pride in that? When you're 12 years old, though, and you miss an entire summer, like the summer of 1993, I think he missed, um, what did I say, Oh, Jurassic Park and Schindler's List. Oh, yeah. Because what 12-year-old didn't want to go see Schindler's List? Yeah, that's the movie you go to make out at. There were some big movies that summer, too. Groundhog Day was that summer as well. 93, like Nintendo would have just been ramping up to be a major thing. Yeah. But you still had the wherewithal to be outside and come home when the lights are off type thing. Yeah, he would be out in the backyard alone just doing (laughs) chin-ups. Because that's what you do when you're in kid prison. Probably just got super ripped, though. Uh, Some other people, well, here's one. Garner and Bryce, back in 92, a friend of mine had a camp set up behind his house. One day he got the idea to play with some matches and a gas can. We grew up in a heavily wooded area in rural Newfoundland. You can only imagine that it didn't go well because he burnt down not only his camp, but a large area of land. The fire lasted a week. We were under an evacuation alert. There were water bombs. You just got 2,500 points because there's water bombers in your story. Uh, The funniest thing, though, was his camp. What is this camp? Uh, was maybe 500 feet from our school, and the school never got touched. Ever since that day, he's had the nickname Matches. Ooh, that's from Frank. Ah, that's a pretty good nickname. Is that something kids do, build a camp in their backyard? Yeah, that part confuses me. Uh, But it is impressive that what he did resulted in an evacuation alert. And the water bomber. And water bombers. See, that could be a clubhouse leader right there because you get 2,500 points for water bombers. You get 1,500 points for evacuation. That's 4,000 points for that story. When you start a forest fire, I don't think that's a slap on the wrist. Oh, no, no, it's serious. Like That's big-time punishment. So to do that as a kid and come out of it with a cool nickname like Matches, oh. Do you want me to, uh, look, I'm going to read you one right now that has nothing to do with fire, but it does have something to do with damaging somebody else's property. Garner and Bryce, when I was 11, I accidentally rode my bike into the back of a parked car. 
Not only did I dent the trunk and break a taillight, I also broke two teeth and had to get stitches in my forehead. While I was crawling around on the street picking up my chiclets, the owner of the car was screaming at me for damaging his car. It was a Sunfire. You know, one of the good ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he took my bike while I was rolling around in pain and locked it in his shed and refused to give it back until I told him my name and where I lived. I had to walk home to get help. This guy followed me only to yell at my mom about how she was going to pay. The very next day, the police brought me my bike. Another neighbor knew exactly where it was. My mom never did have to pay. Cal. Ooh, okay. Wow. Maybe that if that guy had not been such a dick, they would have had to pay. That I was just thinking, I don't know who to root against in that story. Because on one hand, driving your bike into a parked car, kind of your fault. <laughs> well, it is. Kind of your fault. But you kind of relinquish all of your upper hand the minute you start yelling at a kid who's bleeding in the street. That's just it. And take away his bike. Like had, yeah, the guy was a bit of a wiener when yeah. you know, the kid lost the teeth, had <laughs> needed stitches in the forehead. So clearly the kid was hurt. Oh, oh that's a tough one. <laughs> There's nothing funnier than somebody riding a bike into a parked car, though. You remember that scene from Wayne's World? That's the best. Oh, yeah, when uh, they're playing street hockey. Uh-huh. I could pretty... watch that. Every time I watch that movie, I have to wind that back and watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I could pull that up right now real fast. I got to see it now. <laughs> yeah, we can't talk about that scene in Wayne's... World Bicycle Crash or something. Bike Crash. Yeah, there it is. Here it is. He's coming. Stacy, 10 o'clock. Hi, Wayne. Hi. <laughs> hey, are you all right? She really hit that hood pretty hard. <laughs> that might be the greatest scene in cinematic history. Oh. Hi. <laughs> Just the fact Dana Carvey has the glasses over top of the goalie mask, too. You're listening to Top Ranking Podcast. It's on the internet, where no one ever responds to my urgent MySpace messages. Now on a more serious note. How are you doing financially, Bryce? Uh, poor. Really? I've invested quite poorly. Oh, yeah. Well, and you just bought a house and you bought a puppy. Puppies can't be cheap. No, he's not cheap. What does that thing cost in a month? Ooh. Well, you haven't even had him a month yet, so you don't even know. No, but like a bag of dog food. Like, and he got, we got him fancy dog. Here's his story. So I bought him this bag of dog food that's supposed to be super high end, mm -hmm. locally made. And it was like a, probably a 20 pound bag of it was $70. Ooh. I was like, whoa, this is steep. The next day, I take him to the vet, and she's like, what kind of food is he on? And I tell her, and she's like, oh, yeah, don't give him that food. Oh, great. So I just spent all this money on a bag of dog food he's had three meals of. Wow. And all of a sudden, they're like, mm, ditch that. What are you going to do with that bag? I'll probably have to eat it myself. Probably. That's how you get rid of leftover dog food. Um, serve it to company when they come over. Sure. So what I'm thinking here is maybe you need to get yourself a sweet side hustle. Maybe you need to get yourself a little something, something going on, on the side so you can earn a couple of bucks to pay your mortgage, to pay the vet bills, because I'm sure that's not cheap either. No, it's not. To buy dog food. I was thinking, it was funny because before we talked about mediocre dogs. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should train him to be one of the super dogs. They probably rake in cash, don't they? Do you think? 
I don't know. How does that work? Could he? Would a super dog be a side hustle? Uh, like I do this during the day and on weekends I tour with the super dogs? I worry about not so much touring with the super dogs. I worry about touring with the other super dog owners. I have a feeling that that might be a special breed. Oh, yeah. They're probably like pageant moms. Oh, boy. I can't imagine. Yeah. No, you don't want to be a super dog. That's probably a high-strung world. So we were talking about side hustles, the things people are doing on the side to earn a couple of extra bucks. We talked to a woman named Tara who she has a, I guess, a YouTube channel with some techgeekgamers.com is where you find them. And they do a video every week. They just sit around and they play board games and talk about life. You know how much money they're earning in a month? This is on YouTube? Yeah. How much? $200. Oh, Jesus. I thought you were going to say 200 grand. I was like, no. what am I doing with my life that I'm not doing that? Well, I even said to her, well, that's pretty good. You do four of these videos a month. You get 50 bucks at each time. And she said, no, that's $200 for all eight of us to share or six or how many people are in the video. <laughs> so it pays for the chips they eat while they do this. Yeah. Um, another one was uh, Brandon. I think the guy's name was Brandon. He sells used shoes. Remember that guy? What? Yes. He buys up like high-end Yeezys and he'll flip a pair of used Yeezys. Oh, I see. Because you do this with guitar. Actually, because you know a lot about guitars that you can tell when someone's underestimated the worth of their axe. Uh-huh. And then you take it and you flip it for more. He must do that with kicks. He does. Yeah. So I think he, what did he say? He paid, recently he just bought a pair of Yeezys for like 250 bucks and he flipped them for 500 or something like he doubled his money. Oof. Yeah. It's not always a huge bank. Well, like that's, I need to, I, there's nothing in my life I know well enough that I could. Well, you got to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> you I gotta, do. What interests you, Bryce? Oh, I don't know. Hockey I, I, cards. I never would have thought of shoes. No, hockey cards are done. Everybody tries to do that. But yeah, just, uh, you know, what's another cool one? Vintage jackets. Like high school band jackets, that kind of thing? Yes. Man, there's a world of opportunity out there that I'm not taking advantage of. I always, when I go to thrift stores, I'm always looking at jackets. Like not ones, not current ones, but ones from the 70s and 80s that have like kind of an elastic waistband on them. Maybe they got a a name on the sleeve or something like that. That's the good stuff right there. That's the stuff people want. You see, I'm doing thrift stores wrong. I just go and I immediately look at the old china (laughs) <laughs> and I'm looking at the funny, like, Jesus plates and stuff like that. Really? I'm looking at the wrong thing. There's no money in a Jesus plate, Bryce. No, so I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on. I was just thinking about side hustles. Yeah, you um, got one? Kind of. I I inadvertently started a fake brewery. Um, I, you know, I have a brand, and I have no interest in brewing beer. But you'll sell the T-shirts and hats and koozies, that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. That's actually brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, and it, it's, it, I'm I'm fairly well known in the Alberta brewing industry. Um, Rachel Notley inadvertently added me to a tweet talking about all the Alberta breweries. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So this I'm I'm the best known fake brewery in Alberta. <laughs> How many people know that you're not actually making any beer? You're just producing merch. Uh, I don't know. I if they start talking at me on Twitter, I'm not very. I'm not. I'm fairly open about it. It's it's just kind of a running joke. Do you want to tell us the name of your fake brewery or not? Oh yeah, Watershed Brewing. 
Watershedbrewing.com if you want to buy a t-shirt. So I think we all need to start a fake brewery, obviously. That is so impressive. I love that he brews his own beer. And the premier of our province (laughs) gave him a shout out on social media. (laughs) I hope the beer he brews for himself is terrible. Uh, Well, he did tell me after the fact that's all he does. He brews his own beer and sometimes he gives it to a a friend. But I I love that he's created a logo, has his brand. That somehow got picked up by political by politicians in the province. He has an ad too. He said in like our province's craft beer guide, <laughs> and it's just a guy <laughs> selling t-shirts and hats. Oh, that's awesome! It just goes to show that you can create a fake anything and sell the t-shirt. It's like it's it's no different than a concert. How many people wear a concert t-shirt and they weren't at the concert? Right? Man, that's good. It's the same thing. So start a fake band, Bryce. I did buy a fake uh, T-shirt outside of a music festival once. Oh, yeah? It fell apart first wash. Oh, boy. (laughs) So buyer beware. Side hustles. You got to get going. Maybe selling used dog food that people spent way too much money on, and then the vet said, don't give them that. The next day. Yes. I was furious. You should sell that used dog food. There's got to be a market for it somewhere. Maybe it's just a video of me eating the dog food. Uh, Nobody will pay money for that. That was Top Ranking Podcast, starring Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. What are we up to, like four listeners now? Five. Oh, and a special thanks to USS for the temporary, yes, temporary podcast theme song.